1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per
0: line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, so becoming a minister in America's largest maximum security prison is, um, is quite a job. It's Angola. And uh, it's long been considered one of the most dangerous prisons in the country. Conditions in the prison and in the fields where the inmates work have been said to be really harsh and very punishing. So Angola would seem like an unlikely place for someone to become a minister. But a prison-seminary program has been changing lives with Angola within Angola's walls and even outside of the walls. In the episode of the Ton Report, Alex gives us a really harrowing account of life in Angola, and the lessons that he learned after, um, after taking part in what was a, a, a prototype uh, prison-seminary program. Uh, Ton Trung is the one who does the podcast, and we talk to him every week, and he does a phenomenal job with these podcasts. Ton, welcome to the show.
1: Good, thanks for the opportunity.
0: So, look, let's talk about Alex. Tell me, tell me about your experience talking to him.
1: So, Alex is not his real name. I had to agree not to mention his real name nor okay. the business that he runs in the New Orleans area to respect his privacy. And under that condition, we chose Alex. But Alex was a juvenile offender. He got into trouble uh, around 15 and a half, 16 years old. And I broke this, this story up into two parts. The first part is now available on the Town Report, and the second part will be published next week. But the first part really gets into how he got into the situation that put him inside of Angola. And before we get to what the seminary program is uh, in the podcast and what it did for him, I thought it was important for people to understand what it's really like. And I think all of us have probably read stories, maybe heard stories. But when you you hear the accounts from Alex, I think you get more context and, and I don't want to say a grittier, but a, a more realistic picture of what life is really like in that prison.
0: I've heard stories. We've all heard stories about uh, Angola. What's something that stands out in your mind about what he told you? What 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 uh, what visual did he, he, he talk about that just really struck you?
1: The remarkable thing, I think, that really stuck out to me is when he said that he actually felt hopeful in Angola, which, again, sounds very unusual Same in the same vein that having— minister or a seminary program in Angola sounds strange, but he said that within the first five years he held out hope because during the first five years he said typically most inmates in Angola have this idea that they're somehow going to get out because they they still have possibilities of appealing their conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, but after those five years passed, he, he lost hope and he said, oddly, that he, he slept good in Angola, and that, that, that was a moment that really opened my eyes. He said, because I felt that I didn't do anything wrong, and for more context, I encourage people to listen to the podcast, which is out now, but he said he felt he slept good because he didn't do anything wrong, in his view, but he said that at night, he would hear people screaming people's names out because those were the people that had been murdered uh, or had been hurt by the the inmates in there, the particular inmates, and he said it felt like they were they were haunting those inmates at night. Um, so that was a very visual uh, and, and almost kind of chilling image that he that he painted in my mind.
0: So did he did he feel like he was was falsely accused and, and convicted?
1: It, it's a it's a very complex story, but I'll give you okay. the short version. Uh, he he was part of a of a crime, the commission of a crime um, that someone had shot and murdered uh, a woman. And then another woman survived. Uh, He was not the trigger man. According to him, that's in the transcripts of the trial as well. Uh, He basically was part of that, that crew, but he wasn't present for the, the shooting, but he knew of the shooting and because he stuck to this street code of no snitching, he decided not to say anything and not to plead out because he was Again, he was 15 years old. He didn't really know quite what was the legal ramifications of his decision. But in his mind, in his teenage mind, he said, I didn't kill anybody, so I'm not going to say anything to the police. And I'm not going to plead to second degree murder because I didn't kill anybody. But because of Louisiana statutory law, he was still able to be convicted of being basically an accomplice because of the what they call the principle um, theory. When he was a principal to the commission of that crime, he was a principal to the murder. Then the trigger man actually pleaded out and actually received a lighter sentence than he did and wow. was later paroled. But then he spent uh, 20 plus years in Angola. And I think, you know, again, you know, we, we often think of these cases in a very black and white way. Uh, but when you listen to Alex's story, especially when we're dealing with juvenile offenders. And I know that juvenile offenders have been uh, in the headlines throughout this whole year. Um, but I think if you listen to him, I think we'll gain a better understanding of how sometimes it's not so clear cut um, and cut and dry when we're dealing with juvenile offenders and who was there and who wasn't.
0: Boy, it seems like there's something really unfair about the idea that the trigger man uh, pleaded guilty and, and got a a, less, uh, a lower sentence, a less less of a sentence, and the thirteen-year-old who just said nothing, but wasn't the trigger man, and and knew about it, but wasn't there—that seems very unfair.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, and I, I think this this podcast, these particular two episodes, it's not necessarily about crime and punishment, although those are very central themes to it, Scoot. Um, but I think that you don't necessarily have to believe uh, in God. You don't necessarily have to believe in second chances for a person like Alex to listen to this story, because. The story is really about facing a challenge, an, an immense challenge, um, and trying to find the, the moral fortitude and the strength inside you to get through it. And I thought that his story just really is an example of, I, I don't know what to say, but just yeah. you know, having the, that type of strength to get through what he did in a condition that most of us have never, ever seen, which is Angola. Right.
0: And, and he's got a business in New Orleans now?
1: Uh, He does, and, you know, he's he's helping people that are disadvantaged, and uh, again, I can't mention what that is, but I think that when you take a look and listen to what Alex is doing right now, uh, it'll give you a minute to pause to to think about, um, you know, what criminal justice is, because we often think about these things in very academic terms and very abstract terms. Um, You know, we often hear them in campaign slogans and uh, people kind of crying for criminal reform, but... To kind of hear it from them, I think you'll get a better understanding of what the true ramifications are when we're talking about the revolving door of criminal justice and locking people up.
0: All right, Ton, where can people find The Ton Report this week?
1: Uh, they can find it anywhere they get their podcasts, Scoot. They can just search for The Ton Report, and my name is a weird one. I know that, so it's spelled T-H-A-N-H Report. Just punch that into your podcast platforms. We're also on the Odyssey App as well, and if you just want to go to the WWL radio website, the is right there too. You'll see the story uh, about the prison seminary.
0: All right, WWL multi journalist, uh, multimedia journalist Tan Trong, thanks for being with us, and uh, hey, you do such a great job. I can't wait to hear this one,
1: Stuart. I appreciate that, the All time right. and opportunity. Tan,
0: have a good weekend. So check, too, out the, uh, check out the check uh, out the the time before Tan, Tan Trong doing just a, a phenomenal job, and this sounds like a really interesting story. Uh, it's titled Alex. Uh, check it out.